When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! Give me two. Hey, everybody. I'm Michael Govier, and this is the Blotzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. You just heard it. Utah. Gary Busey right there. Give me two. Give me two. He's going to pop two meatball subs. I mean, that is going to make you feel very full, Britain. My co-host, as always, Britton Allen, is here. We have no Mike today. Mike was going to be with us, our little triumvirate we've been using recently. Mike, feel better. Under the weather. Things happen. Society moves forth. That's the thing about society, Britain. No matter what's going on with you, society trudges on the show must go on michael i completely understand and respect that but can i ask you a quick question off jump spree was it meatball subs i thought it was chili cheese hot dogs that no. gary was ordering oh, meatball subs baby all the way for sure you give it that's what i got over there Oh, oh, I got so excited. I hit my microphone. You got a delicious meatball sub over there. Absolutely. Meatball subs. He's going to eat two of those. You're not going to be able to bust some robbers if you're hauling two meatball subs in your gut. Just no way. Gary Busey is a horse of a different color, though, with those those <laughs> teeth and his crazy attitude like he's, you know, he's always going. Yeah, you better feed that horse a couple meatball subs or, you know, it's going to be a bad day for everybody. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Keanu uh, did what's right. Are you through, Mr. Wizard? It's a beautiful day here to talk fantasy baseball. Me and Britain. Follow Britain on Twitter. Britain Allen, two T's, two L's. I'm at MJ Govier. Plus podcast, two L's, two T's. Utah. Give me two. And Patreon. Discord's free. Those descriptions that are in every YouTube video have the links. We do it in every one. It's not hard to find. I do want to let you guys know that today we're going to talk about some trade targets you know you want to win your leagues are you sitting pretty right now are you in first place and you're just biding time waiting for your head-to-head playoffs and you want to look ahead to the schedule it's always important that you look ahead to the schedule that's putting it mildly because there's a sense that you want to win while also exploiting that schedule and if it all works out in your favor you have the players on that team that could perform against weaker teams then you're going to have a better chance of winning britain that's just the way it goes in head-to-head I love 
this topic today. It's my favorite topic we've had because this is the perfect time of year to discuss trade targets because I'm on both sides of this. Like <laughs> I want to target some people, some players that are elite, good players that are having bad starts. This happens to every major league player, no matter how, no matter how good you are, no matter how, uh, whatever, whatever it happens. I remember a, a quick uh, aside, Dan Plesak was on MLB today and he was talking and he goes, you know, there are two kind of players in the major leagues. And somebody was like, huh, two. And he goes, yeah, players that have been humbled by this game and players that are about to be, <laughs> and everybody everybody gets humbled so that's who that's who to target but the flip side of that is if you're like me i'm a human being i have some some emotions sometimes and i've i've drafted certain players that have been disappointing and i want to get rid of and i know they're going to be they're going to have better second halves but i don't care i'm like i'm going to ghost you like you know, we were together for a couple months and it was nice, it's great. but this isn't the way I want it to go. And you're going to keep texting me, Hey, Britain, you know, I'm being platoon, but we're still friends. Like, and I'm like, I'm not texting you back anymore. Oh. So it's time for you to, it's, hurts. it's time for you to go on a, another date with another manager because I, I'm, I'm out. So it's like the, <laughs> it's, it's the flip side of the same coin, really. Well, Jamie says, I hope it's guys like Nick Prado, LOL. <gasps> what? Nick Prado? That's my guy. I love Nick Prado. He batted. Uh, what? Because he's awesome, and he's going to get first base plate appearances from here on out. From here until uh, the end of the season, Nick Prado. You got to go get Nick Prado. He's Flawless awesome. victory. Okay. Uh, Nick Prado is good for batting average. I'm a little concerned we haven't seen power. And I really thought he was a guy who would be an OBP reliable player who also cranked dongs. But uh, we haven't seen that, and it makes me sad inside. But I know what you will see right now. It's time to get into leading off. That's right. Let's fire up the old bozo music. No, leading off's after business time. I don't know where I am. But we rarely. What is this, a commercial? What is happening? Oh, goddamn commercial. Son of a biscuit. You betrayed me. Let's try it again. Here we go. I'm going to skip the ad. That's not the song. These people are... Oh, dude, Britain, this is what happens when you do a show live. You have it all set up, and this is the song. There we go. There we go. Jeez. I had it set up, and I got it looped and everything. I was betrayed by YouTube. Mobile YouTube screwed me. I'm really upset about this. I don't oh, know if I can yeah. let it go, but this music's good. Though. I'll say that. So. Oh, yeah! Britain on the business time. I want to make you aware of... FTNFantasy.com, where you can read my article every Tuesday. Groove with Govier. This week I talked about historical perspectives on catchers, first-round catchers like Bo Naylor and Henry Davis. And what can we expect from them this year? What does the historical record tell us about the debuts of rookie catchers over recent memory? Guys like Tyler Stevenson, 2021, wasn't bad. He didn't hit for a lot of power, but he showed average, got on base. Yeah, okay, Britain's a little, little more open to that. Um, how about uh, Buster Posey? He had a pretty good debut season in 2010. There you go. Yeah, he likes that. Either way, whatever you prefer, find out the truth. FTFFantasy.com. Groove with Govier. Uh, it's gone. The Fab Pod of Record 
now available every Sunday night slash Monday morning, Britton? Every Sunday night or more more likely Friday. I try to get it out on Friday as early as possible. Oh, yeah. It's it's a Sports Ethos uh, podcast. It's called It's Gone. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I would appreciate it. Uh, I post it. Uh, it gets posted on the Twitter feed. And I just talk about some of my favorite players like uh, Nick Prado, which is getting some heat, but Gavin Williams, who also kind of had a funky start, but we'll we'll talk about him later. But uh, uh, thank you, Michael. Yes, uh, please follow uh, me to get It's Gone if, if you can. Next thing you know, we're in the bedroom. Chad says, God, it feels like Stevenson has been up for like 10 years. I know. I've been a part of every single one of those 10 years. I love Tyler Stevenson so damn much, and I can't let it go. I know. Anthony says, Fertando Tatis is an asshole who whole team gets hit, but him. Well, I mean, hey, it's not your fault. It's not his fault. It is his fault. Uh, also, we got the Patreon. You know, starts with three bucks. It's a seven-day free trial if you just want to give it a shot. I post... Every time a big call-up happens, I post something called the Hype Train, and I did one on Henry Davis and Bo Naylor. I did one on the arrival of Gavin Williams, of course, which we'll talk about momentarily. Every time somebody big shows up, I give it to you straight and right away so we can get ahead of the game and you can make decisions for your fantasy team. That's one bonus to the Patreon. And, of course, bonus episodes Monday and Friday. I do bonus episodes twice a week that you're not getting access to. So if you like this show, that enough for itself is a reason to get connected to the Patreon folks. Wow, really dude. Uh, anything else? Uh, I think I covered everything I wanted to say here. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, YouTube, subscribe, please. We're on the quest for 1,000. Yes, we're on the quest for 300. We're on the quest for 400. Now we're on the quest for 1,000. If we get to 1,000, we can unlock a future that was unknown to mankind until recently, and we really want to get there. It's a long way to go. we got to double our size, basically, and it took you know, over three years just to get to 500. But maybe the next 500 would be a little quicker. It's like, didn't, uh, what's his face, Britain? Uh, George Costanza said, you know, the first million is always the hardest to make. I think oh, the first, that. oh, absolutely. The first million is the hardest to make. But I always wonder, do, do, I, I, I think most people listen to podcasts, you know, when they go running or exercising. I don't do that personally, but a lot of people <laughs> do that make correct life choices. But do a lot of people, you know, watch uh, YouTube, uh, you know, podcasts? I don't know. I don't know. They do. The You're just old. Now. You're just totally out of the loop. I'm, and old. I'm so old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're not so old, but you're old enough where your generation takes in some YouTube, I would say maybe on a 35% clip, but all the other generations below that in a younger audience, they love that YouTube. I love YouTube. I watch YouTube a lot. I do. For podcasts. Oh, yeah. Well... I make podcasts, so the last thing I want to do, though, is, like, watch more. i got to get away from it right. all, so that's you, different for me. You want to watch Tony Soprano clips. Isn't isn't that what, what most people do? Uh, you know, yeah. or Breaking Bad or something oh, of course. like that? Yeah, I love watching clips from movies. That I'm, Oh, I love that scene. Let's go watch that scene. Jamie says, I recommend It's Gone Podcast. I enjoyed it. There you go. Thank you so much, Jamie. I appreciate you. Hell yeah. That's really nice. Shout out to Jamie. Check out Out of Rhythm Sports at Jamie's home base there. Check them out. Subscribe to Out of Rhythm Sports, please. No, it's true what they say. The first million is the hottest one. (laughs) It's true. See, Costanza did say that. I knew it. And I think that's all the other business I wanted to get to. We can move on from there. Thank you very much. All right. Well, we're making good time here. We're... You know, getting into leading off right now, and it's only like 10 minutes into the show. Cool. Here we go. I, I haven't been rambling at all. Of course not.
leading off, we always start with the first catch of the day. Good. Our first catch of the day. Gavin Williams, we got to talk about it. We're going to talk some others here. But Gavin Williams made his debut yesterday. Oakland Athletics got him for four runs. It was not a dominant effort, but it was decent. It was something to build on. Britton Allen, Gavin Williams of Cleveland. I posted, and I talked about this on the last show, and I've talked about it on Twitter, that I tried to move Yuri Perez in my home league, 14-team, 5-by-5, head-to-head cats on Yahoo. Yahoo, ride or die. Never give up on Yahoo. Shout out Yahoo, because that's where everybody learns to play the game known as fantasy baseball. But uh, Yuri Perez for Gavin Williams. I was rejected. I, I got stuck with Yuri Perez in his excellent start Tuesday. But what do you make of Gavin Williams here? Are you jumping on board and redraft? Are you going in 12 teams? You got to have Gavin Williams on a 12-teamer? A 12-teamer, I would say no. Uh, I, don't I, I don't think so. I do love Gavin Williams, but he's a rookie pitcher. He is going to have trouble like this. And I watched him play, and the command was shaky, and I think that maybe it's a little generous. Uh, <laughs> but his fastball velo was there. He was sitting 95. He's got the stuff. So we'll see if, you know, he settles down, gets more comfortable with the catcher. It was his first big league start. Um, so he's 23 years old. Uh, I think the future is bright for him. But in like a 12-team redraft league, I, I don't think so. But anything bigger than that, I really like him. And uh, one thing I will say about it, they let him go uh, almost six innings, 5.2. That says a lot. Like he got into trouble in the third inning. They didn't yank him. They didn't. They let him play, and he got through it. And I think that's huge for a young pitcher. Like, you know, you remember Mitch Keller. Like, he didn't come out gangbusters. Uh, you, you know, there a lot of a lot of highly touted pitchers go through this. And genius, I it, genius, genius. <laughs> and I think it says a lot that he 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 got into trouble. It's a, can you imagine? You're Gavin Williams. You've been pumped up by everyone, your team, every other team, MLB pipeline. You're the number 17 best prospect in the country, not on mm -hmm. your team, in the country. And you come in and you play the Oakland A's and everyone's telling you how awesome you are. And then in the third inning, you get rung. You get your bell rung. And yeah, this happened, that happened, but he settled in and he fought back through it. And I think that's the best takeaway from this. So I'm all I'm still all in on Gavin Williams. I think he showed some mental toughness out there with all the pressure in the world. And I know it was the Oakland A's, but they're paid professional hitters, you know what I mean? And this is a rookie no matter how good he is. So, long story short, don't give up on Gavin Williams just because it, it wasn't, you know, 10 10 or you remember Brian Wu got lit up his first day and then had two great starts. So, I would if <laughs> if you if you if you grab Gavin Williams, just hang on. And because yeah. they're going to play him, they're going to play him and they're going to let him go. And, you know, I, I don't know, but the, you know, the guardians in, in the central, you look at those teams, uh, n nothing really to worry about. What I think the twins are, you know, at the top. how dare you? Uh, yes. With, uh, and sorry about that with the tigers, but so yeah, leave, leave Gavin Williams in. Locked in rock solid. Anthony wants to know, why does MJ Govia look like Bruce Willis today? Oh, because I got this shirt on? Is, is this like a Bruce Willis shirt? Is it too tight? Maybe that's what it is. Because I don't look anything. I got hair, motherfucker. I got hair. <laughs> okay? Lock that in. Lock it in my hair. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, Yippee Britain may be old, but Britain still got hair too. So, you know, 
we're old men with hair, and we're proud of that fact on this show, the Plotso Podcast. The chat said, is it just me, or do we all think that Govier plays the leading off music in his bedroom? And I said, absolutely. 24-7. I'm always playing that RBI Baseball 3 music. Boop, 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 boop. It's a good workout. You know, you're always just, it gives you a little pep in your step. The world uh, is Michael Govier's bedroom. The world is a vampire. Guys. I learned that once from a, some band. Brandon Bates says, is Jazz Chisholm worth trading for? What's up, Brandon Bates? First off, you look like a new name to the show, so we're going to give you a round of applause. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't already. Click the like button on this video. You know how it all works, the notification button. I don't know if you've heard of this, but YouTube is a website where they play videos. And if you like them, you click on the dinghy bell and you subscribe. It makes them more popular. That's all I know. But Brandon wants to know about Jazz. It's just wondering if the toe slows him down for the rest of the year. Britain. Jazz Chisel worth trading for right now on this date, Thursday, June 2026. Wait, no, it it's the 22nd. Too, yeah. It may be too late because he's just about to start a rehab stint. So, yeah, if you can go, you know, if he's somehow on your uh, waiver wire because, you know, he got injured and somebody cut him, he is a true, you know, home run, stolen base threat. So I would love to go grab Jess Chisholm. He was, you know, like a third third round pick in most leagues, and he's coming back. And there's no one that's going to stand in his, his way on the Miami Marlins. So, yeah, I'd love to go, you know, trade for Jazz if I could. Oh, really? Okay. Well, talented. Uh, I, I've got some concerns this year. I got some serious concerns. I think we all need to stop and check ourselves. Stop. Pull your head out of your ass. Pull your head out of your ass. Oh. All right. <laughs> there it is. By the way, new Wes Anderson, Asteroid City is out. I'm going to go check that out. I'm going to try to catch that if I can soon. I'm into that. I love Wes Anderson. always have. We. I think you said that Rushmore was your favorite Wes Anderson, Britain. It's my all-time favorite movie. Now, that's a lot of hyperbole. I totally get it. Wow. But I have loved Rushmore. Wow, dude. I love Rushmore. It's so understated, funny, yet with heart. But some of the subsequent movies... Royal Tenenbaums, Classic. overrated. Oh, get out of here. What the hell are you talking about? How could you overrated. like Rushmore and you don't like Tenenbaums? It makes Charles, no sense. Charles Woodson, 1997, overrated with the Royal <laughs> Tenenbaums. That's it. I'm getting the Contra guys. I'm coming after you right now. Watch out. Here we go. Yeah. We're co- there it is. Hold down, uh, up, down, up, down, left, right, A, B, hold, start. I can't remember the code, something like that. I got to get the spread fire on my machine gun with Contra. Oh, you got to have I'm, the I'm spread. Taking, I'm taking down Michigan uh, overhyped, you know, machine people. And <laughs> I'm taking are down you Tennessee Royal, is one of the most Royal bloated overhyped programs the last 30 years. Phil and his boys, Phil and his Vols, they did win a national title. So did Michigan. They're the same program. Tennessee and Michigan football are like the Spider-Man meme. They truly are. They always have been. But good God. Royal Tenenbaums is a classic. It's so funny. And it's actually really got a lot of heart and drama to it in a good way where it's not cheesy. You got incestual, borderline, inappropriate relationships. I mean, you, I mean, we all... One thing we know about America, Pornhub has taught us. America loves incest porn. So I would assume that everyone loves... That movie, Royal Tenenbaums, hey, a classic. Look, Rushmore's great. It's a, It hits all the right I love notes. Rushmore. It's a great movie, too, as Royal well. Tenenbaums is pretentious, and it, oh. it's, 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 it's as flat as 
a Nebraska highway. <laughs> like, uh, there's nothing to see here. Yes, they have a lot of stars. Yes, it's Wes Anderson. Pull your head out of your ass. Pull your head out of your ass, Britain. Seriously. That's from Rushmore, man. <laughs> you can't play any Royal Tenenbaums clips because no, nobody wants to hear it. So, Are you, you kidding know. me? That's, uh, this uh, is other, just absurd talk. This is absurd. I can't believe I sit here and listen to this stuff. I got to tell you. Ted Bob's a classic. I've always loved it, always will. Let me ask you something. Why would a review make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Not. Pull your head out of your ass. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to start playing that button the whole rest of the show. There's a lot of Tenenbaum quotes I think are outstanding. And also the part about Tenenbaum's that is the funniest thing maybe in any Wes Anderson film. It's the last thing I'll say. One of the funniest things of any of his films, which is a library of beautiful classic films. Is the whole scene where <laughs> Richie Tenenbaum just he just gives up on the tennis court? He's playing like the U.S. Open or Wimbledon, and he just he just underhands it. He just completely mails it in. It is so funny to see that they finish that off saying, "Yeah, looks like he's crying." <laughs> so it's just such an absurd moment that we've never seen an athlete. The only time I think I've seen an athlete cry for an actual game. I think it was Adam Morrison when he cried after losing the UCLA in uh, March Madness. So that was very sad. But. Well, the, the crying I remember was Wilmer Flores when he was on the field. Oh. And learned that he, <laughs> he got traded from the Mets. To, That's to, a good I one. I can't remember. Yeah, he, a, it was a full, it was a full blown, blown, you know, emotional moment out there on the field. That is a good one. Okay, I, I didn't think about that one as well. Good call, but I still think. Uh, athletes cry a lot when they retire, and it's over for them. But I'm talking in yeah in game moments like that. Morrison, Wilmer Flores, the tip. Uh, let's continue fourth here on our first catch of the day and leading off. What about Scott McGuff? I've actually never heard his name pronounced out loud, so I don't know if that's correct or not. Scott McGuff of the Arizona Diamondbacks? I'm 92% sure that it's Scott McGuff. 92%. That's pretty high. Okay. But, wow. Yeah. So, I really like Scott McGuff not because he's a great closer or a great pitcher, but because there's nobody else on the Arizona Diamondbacks that is as good as he is. Like uh, Andrew Chafin, I think he's hurt. Miguel Castro, he's really shaky, but Scott McGuff has been given the opportunity. He's converted his last three saves in the past seven games. And as you know, the Diamondbacks are coming in up in baseball in their division they are winning who knows why i don't know why maybe it's some of that snake venom you know you you get the snake and you get the venom out and then you sell it for fifty thousand dollars for you know half an ounce or something i don't know what's you have failed the dodgers suck i i called preseason i love when I get the ridiculous ones right. I think the Dodgers will miss the playoffs. I called the Dodgers to miss the playoffs this year, and Arizona has been my godsend. I love watching Arizona play. They're fun, young, talented team. They got some solid pitching. I like Tori Lavolo, former Tiger, as a manager. It's a good time to be in business with Arizona. And Scott McGuff, Go Tigers. I spent 75 bucks on him in fab, I think, in the second week of the season, and that was a waste of money at the time. But that's changed now, Britton. That's changed it, because yeah, it's so, evolved. And you're right. He he had a good stretch for a little while, had a bad stretch. And then, you know, Castro and, Ch and Chafin were, were closing, but that's all changed. And now Scott McGuff is back up. 
Well, everyone knows Custer died at Little Bighorn. What this book presupposes is maybe he didn't. I'm just going to keep interrupting you with Royal Tenenbaums quotes the rest of the show. (laughs) That was so uninteresting and pretentious (laughs) that I I guess it's funny to some, but, you know, what? (laughs) You know, what? what, I, I totally get you. But anyway, so Corbin Carroll, I mean, he has been killing it he is clearly the best rookie in all of baseball i don't think he gets enough credit well i think he's getting the credit now i mean because his stats are so stupid even eric cross posted a tweet yesterday saying this guy's talent is on another level so that says it all i think the the hype has met the talent and the rise of production all in one beautiful coalescing moment where we can all have a big orgasm and say you know what corbin carroll it's the best to ever do it the greatest player in MLB history. Oh, my goodness. Is that hyperbole or what? Uh, We got some other thoughts here from the live chat. Chad's here. What's up, Chad? Chad says, Nola with a gem today. Aaron Nola with a gem today? Opportunity to buy low, or should I still be looking for a discount? Or am I safe paying full price? Aaron Nola, mm, I mean, Aaron Nola's a guy who I will always be suspect of, and you know what you're getting. He's not the guy that I want to be my number one ace on my fantasy squad. I do not. I'm happy with Nola as a number two. What about you, Braden? I think you're right 100%. He's the guy that you draft and you hope that you get the good year because he's going to have one good one and one bad one. And his bad one's going to be you know, like a 4.89 ERA and a 1.0 whip, and you're like, Hey, his whip is 1.0. Why is his ERA 4.98? And no one <laughs> understands. <gasps> so yeah, it's just one of those things. So yeah, I do like Aaron Nola. I think he's you have failed. He's kind of like a Sandy Alcantara situation. Have you? Oh, but he can these... he can whiff more. He can get more misses with the bat. And I'll give Nola that. I love Sandy, even though Sandy's a nightmare this year. And I wonder if Sandy's hurt now and he's trying to play through it. I, I don't know what the hell's going on with Sandy Alcantara. There's more to it where I thought he was just having some bad luck in the first part of the season with a strand rate issue. But I, I just don't know. He did battle back, though, because he gave up five earned runs yesterday in his start. Sandy Alcantara did. And then he yeah, ended up going seven innings and only gave up six runs total, I think. So Sandy Alcantara is not Aaron Nola in that respect, though. Aaron, Nola, Look at this. I mean, Aaron Nola, he can miss bats with the best of them. The problem is that he gives up too many fly balls, it seems like, and those turn into home runs, which is a problem. And I don't know. Actually, look at this information in front of us, Britton. His, maybe yeah. Chad is onto something here. I mean, he's got a 110 whip, which would belie his 4.66 ERA. It should be much lower than that based on that normally. And his walks aren't bad. Yeah, I, I think maybe Aaron Nola is a good buy right now. I think he's a great buy right now. I'm I'm an Aaron Nolan fan. It's just one of those things. Like when when you look at it, it's always his ERA is way too high than it should be, and no one knows why. I, a lot of it, I think, is the Citizens Bank Park. But but look at the 2021 year. He had a four points. Okay, yeah, we've seen Kyle Schwarber play defense, which is just hilariously awful. Damn! Yeah, he's, he's really, Kyle Schwarber in the outfield. You have failed. You've totally failed. That's putting it mildly. That is putting it mildly. But in 2021, you see Nola pitched 180 innings here, and he still got a 4.63 ERA. He had a 3.37 FIP, though. So that does tell you more about defense. Remember, FIP fielding independent pitching. It does matter in that respect. But this year, his FIP is up to 4.17 with a 4.66 ERA. So that... 
It looks like he got really unlucky in 2021. Maybe he's just not... He's not as unlucky this year, Britain. But uh, I don't know. I, I think I'd rather look elsewhere, but I'm, I will slightly recommend that Aaron Nola is probably worth adding as long as you don't have to give up certain players. I need to know who you're giving up and why you're giving up and how it looks come later in the season. That's a great point to bring up, though, as like a trade target. Uh, and these oh, are yeah. these are the players. Like you want to take a stand one way or the other. And, you know, if someone – if if you have Aaron Nola, you – you know, drafted him what in the third, fourth round of a 15 team or whatever, you're not just going to give him away because you, you know, you want something in return, but maybe you have other needs. So we'll see, but that's a, that's a great, I'm glad uh, in the, in the chat, they brought that up because that is the exact type of player that, you know, on the surface, you look at it and you're like, God, a, a four something ERA, but you look at it like, this is a good picture. He's just been unlucky unlucky timothy's here what's up tim tim michael one of our old statesmen he's been around for a long time i love when tim pops in because it's random we don't always see him but when he pops in the show is better for it thank you tim just bought low on vladdy not sure how i feel about it really need his power to resurge i moved josh young it looks like bobby miller and braxton garrett for vlad and logan gilbert in a keeper league how do we rate this trade, Britain? It looks like Young, Miller, and Braxton for Vlad and Logan Gilbert. I think that's really even. I, I think that's a, a, a good trade based on who do you believe in. I lean the Vlad Gilbert side because I'm a huge Logan Gilbert fan, but I also see Bobby Miller, especially in the Keeper League. I mean, you know, the, the future Young. is Josh Young too. Yeah, Josh Josh Young could be a huge third baseman. Um so and he's having a great year. And uh, and I also liked the the fact that his last name starts with a J but you don't pronounce it as a J. You pronounce it as a Y and I think that's important. Soft J. Yogging. Yogging. Yeah. Like Carl Young who developed, you know, dream analysis back in the 1600s. They're probably it was, not a, it was not the 1600s. Get out of here. Or 1800s. Yeah, 1860. he was in the he lived in the 1900s. Did he? Yes. That's amazing. That is amazing because you had a bag for 16. Yeah, 1600. Yeah, oh, I your head out of your ass. Carl Jung, a brilliant psychiatrist in the 1900s, which is you know what I thought. You know, and now and now his great 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 grandson Josh Young is clearly <laughs> a baseball target. So, ah. good, thing, good thing we got that straightened out. I'll tell you what, we both get this right. Carl Young was born in 1875 and died in the 1900s. So we, you know, a little bit of both, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. There you go. I think I win that one by like Price Is Right rules because I went one dollar, and you know you went over. <laughs> so you know. Me and right Bob now. Barker are doing the plinko. Oh, hey, let God, me I hate you. that Bob Barker. <gasps> no, let me let me ask you a question. When you were growing up, did you ever watch The Price Is Right? No. What's this show called? It's a game show called The Price Is Right. It's the best game show that's ever been on television. It started in the seventies. It was hosted by a gentleman named Bob Barker. That is bullshit. Where contestants would come in and they would bid on 
every day uh, appliances. Britain, everybody knows who the Price is Right is. Why are you explaining? <laughs> so my question to you is, what was your favorite Price is Right game? Oh, well, does the showcase count when you get to spin the wheel? No. Why not? It's a game. <laughs> well, okay. No, it's other, not a game. Other, you just other spin than a wheel. spinning the wheel, what was your favorite uh, Price is Right game? All right, fine. Uh, Chad says, pretty sure Price is Right actually started in the 50s. It Ooh. definitely started in a long time ago. I'll say 60s. That's my guess. But my favorite game was probably, there's not a lot of options. Well, let's see. There's that one game. I'm going there's 1970s, the, by the way, is when it's. Oh, okay, 70s. All right. Well, there's the, there's the guy who, like, goes up the mountain and falls over the cliff, and then there's Plinko. I think Plinko is the game I like the most. Plinko is obviously the best. So you okay. nailed it. The other one is when the guy was going up the mountain and he was the yodeler. He go yodi 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 yodi. That's what he was. Okay, yeah, the yodeler. Yeah. Whoopsie Daisy. I got it wrong. Uh, escort is the longest running profession, by the way. Thank you. That's right. Correct. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. We appreciate that. Chad also says they also had a they also just had a dude dislocate his shoulder celebrating the other day at Price is Right. That show's still going. Good God in heaven. I didn't know yeah. it was still on. I know that Drew Carey took over for. What's his face? Bob Barker. Who's Bob Barker alive or dead? I think he passed away. I think he, I, actually, I think he's alive. And I believe I think he's he alive lives, too. He lives in Switzerland and he's 99 years old. I think he's dun, alive dun, dun. too. Let's go to the tape. Find out right now. Bob Barker, dead or alive. Live Google search on the Palazzo podcast. Bob Barker, dead. Oh, I spelled it wrong. Bob Barker is 99 years old and is not dead. Holy shitball. Too many cooks. That's incredible. I cannot believe that. Wow. Good Nailed for you, Bob it. Barker. You did nail it. Well done. I didn't know you're such a Bob Barker aficionado. I think it's his love for animals that has kept him alive for so long. He, he is a smooth man, let me tell you. He was... Anthony got it right, too. Bob Barker's 99, alive, and still banging whores. Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Pull your head out of your ass. Pull your head out of your ass, Anthony. Come on. There's nothing wrong with having sex for money. Show some class. Uh, Anthony says the pitch clock is messing with his mental state, Dr. Phil. And who are we talking about here? Was that, uh, I don't Noah? know who that was in reference to. Sandy Alcantara. Oh. oh. Chad wanted to know, Gary Sanchez, seven home runs, 22 games. Now, obviously, he's super streaky, but it seems like he could run away with a role in San Diego with that power. Is he now a top 10 catcher again? Nope. No. No. Nah, pull your head out of your ass. No. See? We both agree. Britain doesn't nope. have to say anything verbally. If you're watching the show, you know how he feels. That's the bonus you get by watching the YouTube version. See? Verbal cues and body language cues. Gary Sanchez is having a hot streak, and I respect that, but this isn't going to last. It never lasts, so I wouldn't buy into the hot streak. You're, you know, Michael, I don't know if you're into uh, financial uh, things, but like economics. <laughs> do I have a choice? No. <laughs> I don't but, think I do. Uh, I live in America. So, right. So one thing they, they, they tell you is you don't want to – you know, sell high or buy low. You want to buy low, you know, and sell high, not buy high, sell low. And I know this well because my wife and I tried to sell our first house in 2008 when the mortgage crisis and the banking thing blew up. So we, we tried to sell 
at the worst possible time in recent <laughs> American history. Ooh. That's that's apparently not what you want to do. That's not so, how we do things here in America. We don't wait for seconds. Never. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Yeah, so <laughs> so you don't want to buy high uh, on um, Gary Sanchez. Like you've already missed out. Like the yep. the. The the zero percent down mortgage loans, like they've already gone, they've already been processed. It's over, you know. Just you know, let that let let Gary Sanchez go to that those young poor buyers that don't know any better, and you know, yeah. buy, let them buy high on that. So do your Queen Elizabeth wave and turn your hand from side to side, wave goodbye. Gary Sanchez will probably hit more home runs, and that could be useful this season. But I think there's a lot more catcher options that are actually viable. Then there's been in recent memory. It's kind of exciting. Even guys like, uh, let's see, Jonah Heim is a guy who he kind of cooled off a bit, if I can oh, say no. that, from his start of his year. But, I mean, the guy still came alive again. He showed more power again. And over the last week, he's had three dongs. So the difference between a Jonah Heim streak and a Gary Sanchez streak is that Jonah Heim could hit for a better average. So in Roto, I want Jonah Heim all day. Not that you're really debating Heim versus Gary Sanchez. But I just want to give you an example of somebody, when they go cold, they offer you nothing. And that's what Gary Sanchez does, Britt. He offers you nothing when he goes cold. And it's absolutely going to happen. Absolutely. It's not even up for debate. That's putting it mildly. That is putting it mildly. Uh, and then finally here, we got to move forward because I want to talk about the trade targets. That's the real focus here. Uh, Colorado, nine-game home stretch here, as you so eloquently put in our document today. So you want to grab Bretton Doyle and Randall Gritchick? Are you crazy? What about Ezekiel Tovar? He's back for paternity leave. You want all these guys right now? Like they're readily available? There are they are readily available. Coors. <laughs> Coors June. It's getting warm and beautiful, sunny Denver, Colorado. It's a nine-game home stretch. All right. The over-unders are going to be 11, 11 and a half, 12, maybe 12 and a half. I don't know, but people are going to be scoring. They're going to be runners on base. Those curveballs, those breaking pitches are going to be hanging. They're going to be hit out. <laughs> Britton Doyle plays every day, every day in center field. Rich Randall Gritchick does not play every day, but he's pretty close. And lately he has been playing against lefties and righties. So if they are on the waiver wire, please go look at it and look at the worst person on your bench who has a tough stretch coming up or is being platooned or something like that. Because, because a nine-game stretch at the Rockies doesn't come along. It's like it's like a Crash Davis. <laughs> Don't mess with the streak, Annie. It's whether you're getting laid or not getting laid or doing your socks or not doing your socks. You don't mess with it. And you're about to get nine games of everyday at-bats at Coors Field in beautiful Denver, Colorado. Go snatch that up before somebody else does. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert, commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15 second skip ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert, red alert, 
Commercials incoming in three, two, one. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This guy's a first ball, fastball hitter. He's looking for heat. Oh, yeah? So what? He ain't seen my heat. It is. Good reference. Excellent reference there. Bull Durham. Still underrated. That's movies 30... Five years old. I'd say 88. It's a 35 anniversary. It is. 35th year. Yeah. 1988. That's right. 35 I, years later, Bull Durham. Still an absolutely, well, I mean, some of the outside peripheral shit has changed, but the game itself, minor league baseball, how the game is played, how you come up, how you learn to play the game, it's all still the same. It's very cool. Very cool. Love Bull Durham. Great movie. Ron Shelton. Underrated classic director. He did White Man Can't Jump. He did Bull Durham. He's got all these sports movies. I would say The Great White Hype is probably his least successful film. Uh, although, I, maybe I should go back and take a look at The Great White Hype. That was a uh, was a weird movie. Peter Berg and Samuel Jackson. Play, and there was like a somebody doing a Don King impersonation, essentially. It was an interesting film. I will say that. Wow, dude. Right. What about? I, oh, go I ahead. Met, I, I met um, Tim Robbins. Don obviously, Nuclear Louche. Uh, I met the the actor that played his father in that movie after Nuke lost the game and was coming back to Annie's before he got called up. He was that nervous. Actor, I, yeah, I, I met him, and he told me, he said, that Tim Robbins, at the end of that movie, bought everyone, all the actors and actresses that worked on that movie, like these Bull Durham um, you know, jackets, I guess. And he said that, he was the nicest guy ever. So, sh- shout shout out to Bull Durham and Tim Robbins. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Chad wants to mention that Coors has its lowest stat lines for park metrics in the last fifteen years because of how bad the Rockies' offense has been. Coors. That's interesting. This is part of <laughs> Anthony says Doyle rules. That's right, Doyle rules, not old Doyle, just Doyle. And there's a sense, Pinky in the Brain. That's right, Anthony, we need to add Pinky in the Brain references to this show. We were talking about that in the Discord the other day. And the great white hype, is that your porn of taste, Govier? Yes, clearly. Uh, I prefer, you know what I prefer? My wife. That's right. I love my wife. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's the porn I prefer. How about that? Just kidding. Uh, No, I'm not kidding about that. I hit the wrong button. I wanted to lock it in. There you go. Lock that shit in, Anthony. That's right. You porn people, you need help. You got to get back to reality. Connect with real human beings. Talk to them. Embrace them. Learn the love of one another. Learn the art of the language of dance and sex and love and romance. It's a sexy night here on the Palazzo Podcast. Who else? Utah. Give me two. Oh yeah. You feel that, Britt? I've that? never, I've never seen or heard this side of Michael Gavier before. <laughs> and I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I feel something. <laughs> Pull your head out of your ass. Uh, Return of the Mac. We're going to skip Return of the Mac because I want to get to the trade targets. But real quick, Cedric Mullins starting a rehab at AAA. Chaz, Chaz Chisholm's already been uh, starting that rehab stint. <laughs> Chaz Chisholm. Chisholm is a tough word for me. Chaz Chisholm. 
starting up the rehab stint soon. Kenta Maeda is going to take on my Bozo Tigers this weekend, which is Go Tigers. way overdue, Brayton. I've been waiting for Kenta Maeda to come back for like three weeks, but he kept doing more rehab starts, and they kept giving Louis Varlin a chance for the Twins, and Louis Varlin got rocked his last three starts. He's out of here. He's toast. But that's what matters to me is who you guys need to focus on. But I want to get into these trade targets because that's the whole point of the show. And we, Britain did some real good homework, and I tried to do my best as well. Britain, trade targets are something that could be, you know, finicky. You don't know how a player is going to continually thrive or if a player is really struggling that you think is going to turn it around. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But more often than not, for me, in my experience, Britain, players that are struggling who I know have shown a history of offering up some type of production – they will get back to that level. I believe that because I've seen it. You're right. It's it's the hardest thing to do in the world is trade a a good player that's had a hot start for a player that's had a slow start. It makes no sense. That's not how we operate as as people. You're you're just think, well, I'm just going to ride out this this hot streak because I'm third or fourth in my league, and it makes no sense for me to you know, trade a player on a hot streak for a player on a cold streak. But, you know, it really does because it's going to happen. The The, the scales are going to balance each other out one way or the other. And so I always try to look at, and it's, it's the hardest thing in the world to do as a fantasy baseball player. And let's be honest, nothing we do is that hard. Come on. It's fantasy baseball. It's not what, like we're out changing the world or anything, but, <laughs> but for, but for purposes of this conversation, like, so there are, there, there are a couple of players that I, I really like that have had slow starts. This that, is a friend of mine. Right. That I've had that have kind of a slow start. But if you look at the underlying metrics, they are in line from what they were last year. So the first one I want to talk about is the Angels, Taylor Ward. And I'm, a lot of people are tired of Taylor Ward, like hearing about it, talking about it. And, you know, should it be him or Anthony Santander last year? But I, I like Taylor Ward, and I looked at him th- this year. His metrics are all in the red, just like they were last year. So nothing's changed. He is still hitting the ball hard. He is still, you know, the the only thing that I think is kind of holding him back a little bit, but there's been no injury history, is uh, Mickey Moniak has made a little bit of a resurgence. But when you look at the, <laughs> the, the, the you know, Mickey Moniak. That's putting it mildly. Mickey Moniak has been playing a lot more right field than left field. And Hunter Renfro has been in uh, right field. who's starting to get platoon. So I like Taylor Ward for batting leadoff for the Angels. They move him around a little bit. But if you look like in the past six games, he's hit leadoff three times. Um, in the past six games, he got spelled once. And so, you know, this isn't like a blockbuster or anything, but the Angels are a good team. They're in contention. They have Otani, Trout. You know, Brandon Jury is starting to come on a little bit. So I think, you know, if somebody is tired of Taylor Ward, try to go out and grab him because he did this last year where he went on a couple heaters and he's kind of sitting simmering, you know, like some like some delicious bacon grease, you know, just simmering under the bacon and he's mm. ready to start popping. So if you can, I like Taylor Ward in the second half. He's gotten better. 
There's no doubt about it. I never gave up on them in the leagues I had them. I never dropped them. But again, again, these were probably 14 teamers and deeper. There's no 12 teamers. Plus, the one where I have them the most, or I was most patient with, was with a 15 team league. And I was like, you know what? I brought the Odie Tavares in. I've added Ezekiel Duran. I've had I've had added Lane Thomas. Mm. But I'm not going to drop Ward for any of those guys. I never did. And I, I knew that things would get better. It's really hard to wait that out sometimes. And you get in a roster crunch where you're like, I got to make a tough decision. There was two weeks ago, I thought, like, maybe I need to drop Josh Lowe on that same team, Britain. I really was like, I don't want to lose Taylor Ward because I know the best is yet to come. And I'm thinking that production ahead of time will help me win the title. So that's what I think about when I think about Taylor Ward. Love it. All for it. I know he got a lot of hype preseason. We're not going to get the preseason superstar hype, but we're going to get a 20-homer season minimum, and it'll just get better in every category. A little bit, a little bit. Just get a little bit. Good call. You're a smart man, and you do know what love is. I do appreciate that. (sighs) You're also a friend of mine. This is a friend of mine. I love you. I love you so much, Britton. You're the best thing ever Uh happened to me. You changed my life for the better. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Uh, For me, Britton, I put some guys on the graphic today for our YouTube thumbnail because I thought they were actually guys to take a look at. And it might be too late already, but Dylan Cease is a guy that I would love to be in business with the rest of the season. Another angle, kind of like Taylor Ward in a way, right, where struggled, hasn't been the best version of himself, but he's been starting to put it together. And we know he's talented. There was a reason he was a highly, highly, highly valued draft pick in preseason. Dylan Cease has everything you'd want. He can strike people out. He can get you wins. He can go deep into games. He can get you quality starts. He can do everything you need a starter to do that you want to rely on. And unlike Aaron Nola, I think Dylan Cease can be my number one. Yeah. I think that's a key difference for me, Britton. Agree 100%. Dylan Cease is a legit good pitcher. He's kind of like a Spencer Strider type situation where these are strikeout guys. They're going to be ups and downs. Now, the White Sox uh, kind of been struggling as a team lately. But, it's a whole division. Trash. But exactly. That's a great point because, you know, you know, Dylan Cease is a going to face some not very good teams. I mean, you know, it's going to be one of those deals where he's going to have great games. He's going to have every pitcher does this. He's going to have great games. He's going to have bad games. Those games in the middle are the one that tilt it one way or the other. And, you know, he's got this stuff where it's going to tilt it in his favor. So I'm with you. I really like Dylan Cease. And it was one of those deals too, like in the off season, he had a, he had a great season, but people were like, Oh, the walk rate, no, this and that. And they kind of dinged him a little bit. So he's kind of like volatile in people's opinion, but yeah, I I think he's kind of undervalued. So I like Dylan Cease a lot. Look at these his last two games is game log recency bias. All right, now cue the recency bias music if we have any. I don't know if we do have any. Texas, hundred and one pitches, nine Ks. That's Texas. That's a really good offense. And the Dodgers before that on the road, hundred two pitches, ten Ks. Rock solid. The three walks in that outing, but I think the walks will remain two to three per outing, but no worse than that. And I expect the double-digit strikeout games to continue. He's got 100 Ks in 95 innings. That, to me, is borderline A stuff when you look at at least the K rate. The problem has been too many walks and, you know, other things that are frustrating. Like, well, nothing in this world is perfect, 
but that was pretty close against two super talented teams. Yes, I I, I love it. Snatch up Dylan Cease. You know, I I forgot about this. I was just thinking about aces. You know, the best ace pitchers around. Dylan Cease, not Aaron Nola. Is this? Is this Meatloaf? It is sort of. I'd sacrifice my first five picks. Except it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I would do anything for an ace. I'd even draft play second round two. Wow, this is dated. Play second round two. Wow. I'll never forget the way I felt when I drafted Mike Soroka <laughs> in 2020. Yeah. Wow. I would do. But I won't do that. There we go. Yeah. Won't do that. That's it. <laughs> no, I won't do that. I've heard that one a while. Yeah, that was an old Love school. It. Uh, give me another player. Give me a trait target that you want us to know about. And we should acquire. Sandy Alcantara from the Miami Marlins. What? He Even has, after yesterday? He's hit rock bottom. This is the perfect time to go trade for Sandy Alcantara is because it couldn't possibly get worse. He's a Cy Young Award winner, and I know that that was last year. That's not this year, but he hasn't – things haven't worked out this year. This is the ultimate, you know, like gambler move. Like, do you have what it takes to make the move that's going to win your league – and yeah, you look at it and you're like, you look at Sandy's numbers, like this has been terrible and it's actually getting worse. I hear that. I hear you. But he is the exact same player that he was last year. He's not injured and he can still go long into the innings. And I always defer to uh, people more well, you know, in tune than me, Craig Mish. The, do you know Craig Mish from the. Uh, sure. The Miami, Marlins. the Mar- Marlins beat, yeah, beat reporter. And I know that he is a big Sandy fan and that may color his reporting a little bit, but at the end of the day, he knows Sandy Alcantara a lot better than I ever will. And said, he, he wrote, Sandy's going to have a great second half book it. You know, I've got all the receipts. And so we'll see. So just based on that, and based on the fact that Sandy, we know, has had a talent, a great, you know, past couple of years, obviously, that I wouldn't let two or three bad months, you know, <laughs> two or three ruin bad it. months. That's it. Yeah, I would a hundred percent go and try to as aggressively. Like, would you? What would you do for a Sandy Alcantara? Like, if you had a, you know. Would you would you trade Ozzy Albies, who's been on a hot streak? If you needed to trade Oof. a hitter for a pitcher, like, I wouldn't I, do that. I don't know. I, Not I Albies. Know. I wouldn't trade yeah. Albies. No. Yeah, exactly. So you just have to look at it and decide what do you believe. I believe Sandy Alcantara is going to bounce back and have a great second half, where like. Um, you know, Michael Corleone said all debts, all family debts are paid at the end. You know, 
like uh, Barzini. Like <laughs> I didn't know it until this very night. It was Barzini all along. Like I think that's what Sandy Alcantara is going to do. And I think yeah, you got to get it right now because it's bad. The the owner and I know um, or the the manager has been like, I don't want to see this anymore. Okay, you give me, you know, I, I don't know, not Ozzy Albies or some player just. So I, I want to get rid of it. I want to cut bait. And then you have to watch Sandy Alcantara go nine innings shutout. And then that ERA goes from 479 to, you know, 420. And then another one. And you're like, uh oh, you know, over and over and over again. So yeah. let's, let's go. What do you I'm think? The, I'm the Sandy Alcantara whisperer. I've loved Sandy for years, I've loved him since I thought he'd be a dark horse Cy Young candidate in 2020. I got the receipts myself, like Greg Mish does, apparently. But, Britton, yesterday really frustrated me, but we also had the nine-earn run outing against Philly earlier in the season, and I'm like, oh, God, why? The only thing I can speculate on is that he's possibly hurt, and we don't know anything about that other than pure speculation. That you know, the the only thing we knew for sure is that he went on the IL for the biceps thing one time this season. That was a while ago, and if that was just a minor thing and he's moved on from it, then I he's just getting unlucky, and that means he will have a great second half. I've always been pro Contra. I love Sandy. I always do, and I got him in so many leagues, so I'm stuck with him. And no one's banging down my door either, Britain, to come get him. I will tell you that he's killed your season, Michael. If it was a no. first or second. If it was Two, a first or second round pick, he's killed. He's killed. Oh, he your... killed my main event. My main event was killed by my terrible draft, though. So it doesn't matter. I just suck in the main event this year. But in the other teagues, I have him. I'm in first in two of those. So, yeah. So, so you, you're doing teams. well in spite of him. But, yeah. You know, if he, I, I assume he was your first drafted starting pitcher and he's posting, you know, terrible ERA, you know, stats. Terrible. So obviously, terrible. Yeah. Uh, Anthony but says Craig Mish used to be an go. XM radio host. So is that exciting? Right. Are you excited by that? Thank you, Anthony. Also, Anthony says, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Uh, not much, really. I think they're overrated. I think I'd rather have a Choco Taco any day of the week. Klondike bars are delicious. Uh, <sighs> chocolate with vanilla. No, they're, they're, they're good. It's a little chocolate, chocolate, vanilla, delicious ice cream bite. They got variety, too. They got the mint chocolate chip ones. There's a lot of options. I just think Klondike's overrated. When I was a kid, I thought Klondike's was the shit, but I don't feel that way anymore. That's putting it mildly. What's what's your favorite ice cream? Like if you walk into an ice cream shop, Baskin-Robbins, and you have the full flavors, and they say, Mr. Govier, what would you like? I love uh, Mackinac Island Fudge is something I've loved. I don't know if they have that elsewhere. But, boy, that's a really good ice cream, Mackinac Island fudge. Uh, ben and Jerry's-wise, I love Americone Dream, which has got waffle cone bits in it with caramel oh, yeah. and a vanilla ice cream. And then, of course, the Tonight Dough, which is Jimmy Fallon's, which has got, like, you know, chunks of cookie dough and some chocolate and it's chocolate ice cream. I love that. It's very delicious. But growing up, I always wanted and I always got mint chocolate chip ice cream. That was my standard as a kid. I love mint chocolate chip, too, uh, especially, like, the Briars kind that's not green. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's gotta be green. No, it can't be green. That, that's just, how do know, I know it's been chocolate chip if it's not green? Uh, you just got to trust what you taste, I guess. <laughs> but I also like a uh, gold, gold medal ribbon from Baskin Robbins. Ooh, it has what the hell car- is that? Car- it has caramel, uh, like, uh, ribbons in it and, uh, 
uh, chocolate and vanilla swirled together. But as I get older, I'm into the Rocky Road. Uh, oh! Shout, shout out. Who was the guy from uh, the Goonies? Didn't he love Rocky Road? Uh, yeah. Uh, you remember? Chunk? Was it Chuck? It's like Rocky Road? I can't remember, but uh, it has marshmallows, uh, uh, nuts, and chocolate. Rocky I Road. loved Rocky Road as a kid. That was actually my top two. That's so funny. Mint chocolate chip Rocky, Rocky Road's Road. underrated. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I kind of grew out of it, and I don't see it as much as I used to either. Has Rocky Road betrayed us? Have we been abandoned by Rocky Road? I don't know. But, uh, give me another one. Britton, you're in the zone here. Give me one more here because you're hot right now. Uh, who I would trade for? Okay, let me hang on one second. And well, it's a podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Follow Britton on Twitter. Give me two, two L's, two T's. I'm an MJ Govier, of course. All right, so I absolutely <laughs> you're going to call me crazy. Here we go. All right, so there are two. If you had to go back and look at it, who do you think are two first round non injury? busts in 15 team leagues who are the first round non-injury busts this year yes um is manny machado qualify there no um i think he got Manny's hurt, do- he got hurt. i was right, gonna fine. say yeah, bobby witt yeah, was- it's not bobby witt for me i love bobby witt bobby witt's doing great i i okay. was gonna say it's either corbin burns who has been okay Meaning he's five and five, you know, 88 innings pitched, 86 Ks. His ERA's around four. His whip's okay. It's 115. But he last gave up seven earned runs in it's one start against the D backs. He's, he's not dominating. He's not a first round, uh, you know, starting uh, pitcher. And they're really hard to find. So I like him to target. I also like, and I know we talked about him earlier, but what do you think about Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? His numbers oh. are pedestrian. Nine home runs. Uh, he's got three stolen bases, which he, he had a, a good amount of stolen bases last year, but you don't think that's going to stick. Nope. But uh, he had 42 RBIs. That's good. So when I looked at it, I looked at first-round draft picks that are disappointing, that have disappointing starts. Not catastrophes, but disappointing to where, you know, you drafted him like Julio Rodriguez comes to mind, you know, players like that. But I don't think anyone's going to give up on Julio Rodriguez anytime soon. But Well, why would they so, give up on Vlad, though? Same uh, logic applies, doesn't it? Uh, that's, that's a great point. But I think that when you um, drafted Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero, you weren't counting on the stolen bases. But you... But Julio Rodriguez, you were, right? But Vlad, you were counting on huge home run power, and it's not there. You need at least 40 home runs from Vlad, plus great every other counting stats, to make that first, you know, end of the 15-team the, the round. He hasn't had a home run since June 4th. June 4th. Oh, man. I, that's what is. I'm saying. Like, you know, Christian Walker had, I mean, Rowdy Talese has 12 home runs. And I know we're talking and we're nitpicking here, but Vlad has not been Vlad, but, but he's not injured and he has 42 RBI. That's great. That's, that's good. 
His hard so, hit rate's there. It's still there, too. It's not bad. It's not elite, but it's solid. So it, I think Vlad is somebody to go after and, and see see what happens. Um, yeah, I think you're so, right. Maybe you're right about this. Maybe Because I, I turned down Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in a trade offer from, uh, shout out to Seth the Sportsman on Twitter. Seth, he's a good dude. Follow him on Twitter. Seth. There it is. And we're in a league together, a dynasty league, and he was trying to get me to take Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I just wasn't having it because I thought, wow, he just looks really kind of blah. And the numbers don't look great. But that's not the point. You don't just look at the surface numbers like you just described. There's much more for him to offer. And he showed a track record of being one of the better hitters in baseball. And outside of steals, he can give you everything. So he should be better. So maybe I'm an idiot for not getting involved in this trade. He wanted Bobby Witt for me. So I would ask you, in a dynasty keeper league, would you rather have Bobby Witt or Vlad? I would rather have Bobby Witt because of the stolen bases. Vlad, the, it was an outlier last year with his stolen bases. I, it was like a – remember Kyle Schwarber, too, had like 10 stolen bases last year. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's happening again. I do like Bobby Witt. You know, but that's such a good, you know, discussion point. Like Bobby Witt at Kaufman with not a great team or Vlad Jr., you know, first base. All He's going to play every day. He's going to be good. That's yeah. that's so tough. So if you're strong and, you know, have a solid, you know, stolen basis elsewhere, then I would 100% do that. Um, I have Pete Alonzo on that team too, so I don't want Vlad if I've got Pete Alonzo. Uh, yeah, then I, I'm with you. Then then you don't take that deal. I Team context matters with these trade targets. It's all about, hey, what am I missing? What do I need to add? And if you're trying to win certain amount of categories, specifically in a head-to-head, and you only oh, need yeah. to win six. Remember, if it's a 10-category head-to-head league, you only need to win six to four to win. It's all that matters. Hell, you could be five to five and have the tiebreaker if you have the best regular season, depending on how your league works. And if you're in any type of league worth its salt, you're definitely using regular season tiebreakers okay make sure you lock that in but uh yeah vlad maybe it's a good call Uh, not for my team there but vlad overall we've he's a really good hitter and this is a good time to buy you're right i would be worried about corbin burns i'm not sure this is his year i've been really worried about the walks of the control and it's been a battle for him all season long but the fact that he still has not got awful numbers is a good sign i just think i would let me give you a couple other choices here and tell me what you would rather do. By the way, in that outing where Corbin Burns got ripped on Monday against Arizona, giving up those seven earned runs, Alec Thomas is back for Arizona. I wanted to bet you that. Alec Thomas is back. He hit a home run in that game. And you got to keep an eye out who's going to win that overall showdown in the Arizona outfield with Alec Thomas, Pavin Smith, Jake McCarthy. Of course, Cameron Carroll's not going anywhere. Carroll's locked in. But they're all lefties too, Britain. Isn't that weird? All four of those guys are lefties. They're not switching. They're left-handed hitters. So it's going to be interesting to see how Arizona moves one of those guys because they're going to need some more balance. But that's just a side note. But let me tell you this. Would you rather have Corman Burns rest of the season or could I interest you in Framber Valdez? Framber Valdez, a thousand percent. I love Framber. You remember a, a couple years ago, he had like a, a broken finger. Mm-hmm. And then and then Dusty was like, oh, he's going to be gone for, you know, months and months. And then he came back a month later. That's right. Dusty said, he has a miracle finger. 
I like I like Corbin Burns. Like E.T.? Like oh, E.T. Sh- I, it's like it's gonna glow, you know, and then he's gonna touch Drew Barrymore and you know she's gonna make movies. Oh, okay, that sounded weird. Just keep talking, keep moving. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so <laughs> So yeah, I'd rather have uh, Framber Valdez. Uh, you don't think awesome. that this is? I mean, he's having a killer season. Look at these numbers. Maybe it goes downhill from here. Maybe he comes back to the mean. The classic term that I never use, but everybody else in fantasy baseball uses: regression. Shout out to the regression monster and Mike Curlin, the king of all main events. Shout out Mike Curlin and good luck in in the main event. Isn't he in, still in first place? I hope. He was. He fell back. Uh, you know, he had a great ride being an overall for one week overall leader. I think he's in the top twenty still. He's going to be fine. He's going to have a really good season. He is having a really good season. Oh, but Framer yeah, could falter. Look at that hard hit rate. He's given up. Oh, that's interesting. It's hard. So hard contact versus hard hit rate is it varies throughout Statcast, Fangraphs, and on Pitcher List. But Framber might be susceptible to some harder hit balls here going forward, and that could be a recipe for trouble possibly. But then again, that's just an average, right? Yeah, it is. And Framber has had great years. I think he is like the epitome of that number one pitcher that you can draft in like the fourth or the fifth round. Like I would love to have Framber Valdez and Julio Urias as my two main guys. And then you go like hitter, hitter, closer, hitter, and then those guys. I, I'm all I'm all on Framber Valdez. I think he's awesome. Also, Framber has a 3.11 Sierra, which is still really really good, and would support that. Though he has a 2.27 ERA, he could probably has some room to go back. Like I said, to a three ERA, but that would still be a great season. But the problem is, if you look at how numbers play out through the year. If you have a 2.27 ERA today on June 22nd, and then you end up with, say, a 3.10 ERA two months later, that means in that interim, you might have had a 4.5 ERA or something higher around there, and that's bad for you, especially when you're doing right. head-to-head. That's a concern for me. I like Framber, but I think Framber versus Burns is a really tough call. Let me try one more. What about Marcus Stroman? I mean, everyone's ready for Stroman to just fall apart, but he continues to go out there and give the Cubs some life and the team overall is turning it around and trying to make a push. I know I ripped on David Ross on one of the podcasts last week saying, oh, I don't think he's a really good manager. When I originally thought when the Cubs hired David Ross, I thought he was a classic. This is a catcher who's going to be a good manager and it hasn't worked out the way, but right now they're playing better ball. So what do you make of Marcus Stroman here versus Corbin Burns? You would not do that. I would take Cor- Corbin Burns in a New York minute. I I'll really say- like Marcus. <laughs> a New York minute. I re- in a New York but I really like Marcus Stroman. Really smart, savvy. You know he went to Duke, by the way. Like he he is a great, smart, savvy pitcher. But I don't know why, and maybe it's because you remember he was a, a Toronto Blue Jay, um, but you know before he got traded. Oh yeah, was he a yeah, Met? So, I mean, he was a Met. What else? He was didn't be. Blue Jays, yeah, Mets, and then the, then the Mets somehow ruined him, you know, before he got... Meet the Mets! Marcus Stroman, hey, I, you're not believing the hype? You think he's going to have a disappointing second half? Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't think he's got the stuff. I think it's all kind of smoke and mirrors. What do you think his Sierra like, is in compared to his ERA? If his ERA right now is, which is just... <laughs> he's got a 2.28 ERA. What do you think his Sierra is? God, he's, his ERA is 2.2. That's that's awesome. It's incredible. Um, I don't know. It, it, 
that's a great question. I have three point two. Okay, three point two. Uh, it's three point nine. So, oh, uh, there's definitely a big gap between the two point two eight and the three point nine six year. It's that it's that Wrigley Field. Uh, you know, I don't I don't want pitchers at Wrigley Field. I just really don't. Um, He's a career, by the way, career three point eight six Sierra career. So his Sierra is basically right on his career average. So that would probably tell you everything you need to know going forward that Marcus Stroman cannot maintain this consistency. Yeah, and good luck, Marcus Stroman. He'll probably be traded because I think this is the last year of his contract before he has a player option. So. You know, I he might get a good haul for the Cubs. We'll see. Let me give you a quick trade target. We got to go. I got to do other shows, of course, because I never stop doing shows all day on Thursdays. It's nonstop. It's out of control. Woo! That's putting it mildly. I say trade for Brendan Donovan and the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals, they got problems, but Brendan Donovan continually leads off for them, and he offers you a ton of positional eligibility. I just think, especially in OBP leagues, especially I give him a bump at OBP, but for me, Brennan Donovan's a guy you want to have on your roster come playoff time because he can provide you with more ability to adjust your roster and have flexibility. I think it's a cheap ad that really shouldn't cost you anything. You might even be on your waiver wire right now. I really like Brennan Donovan a lot too. And I like all those uh, Cardinals to have a bounce back. You know, we talked, uh, or at least I talked about Jordan Hicks. Like they're going to turn it around and Brendan Donovan, if he's like hitting leadoff, he's going to be valuable. So yeah, I think that's a great call. See, it's a great call, folks. I know. He's only fifty four percent rostered on Yahoo, so that means he's available in a lot of Yahoo leagues still. And I know football's here because it's late June, so the party's over for baseball. It's going to be easier to add guys like that for nothing. But as a trade target, Brendan Donovan in deeper fourteen to fifteen team twenty team leagues, you should be able to offer not much to get him, in my opinion. I think, though, Sandy Alcantara is like the biggest hit or miss. Like, if you believe in Sandy, now's the time when he's hit rock bottom to go offer whatever you need to offer and go grab him. And, but if you don't, then obviously you lay off. But, you know, it's it, Sandy Alcantara is one of those players that can literally make it or break it. It's just kind of whatever you believe. Well, I'm going to ride with him all season. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to trade him. I, I haven't even thought about trading him because I just believe in him so much in terms of his his mental fortitude. Talent. Yeah, his talent and his mental acuity and his fortitude to really persevere. He was a highly marketed and highly touted prospect, too, with the Cardinals. I mean, before he was ever sent oh, to yeah. the Marlins. So I'm a fan of him, always will be. Uh, Trey Turner was mentioned by Jamie here. Trey Turner, it's almost the end of June. He still has only seven home runs. He's got 12 steals. He's hitting 244. I would absolutely, 1,000%, I would add Trey Turner. I would trade for Trey Turner for sure. I would give up plenty of players to do so. I would give up, uh, let me give you an example, Britton. Um, ooh, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I wouldn't do that either. Oh, this is getting harder than I thought it was. <laughs> uh, Jorge Soler. I would trade Jorge Soler and Bobby Miller for Trey Turner. I would. That's a trade I would do, for example. Yeah, I would too. I would jump on that in a heartbeat. That's a, is that that's too a, low then? So maybe like, uh, what about Saya Suzuki? No, oh, here we go. Oh. How about this one? This is one I would never do because I would never trade this guy, but it's worth mentioning. What about trading Jonathan India and Yuri Perez for Trey Turner? Wow. Woo! That, 
Wow, that's a great that's a great example, Michael. Damn! Yeah, that that's what you would have to give to get Trey Turner. I would take I would take Trey Turner. I, I would keep Trey Turner as much as like Yuri Perez. He's still a pitcher uh, that <laughs> up or down, and you know Jonathan India. Yeah, you know he's good, but. We'll oh, no, do not I'd... trade. Jonathan Indy is a guy that you guys should all trade for. If somebody's willing to give him up, get him now. I love all the Reds. Give me all the Reds in the world. Like that movie, All the Money in the World. I want all the Reds in the world. That's what I want. Matt, sure. Matt McClain. <laughs> yes. T Matt McClain TJ. over Ellie De La Cruz. He's better. <laughs> TJ, Here we go. TJ Hot take Friedel. zone. Hot take zone. We're in that. When I say shit like that, you know, this show's off the rails. All right. I got to go. I love talking baseball with my main man, Britton. Me and Britton, we do it here every week. We're talking, we'll try to do Thursdays. We're talking Thursdays, a good day for us. So we'll try to just do a, a total blowout after the prospect show. And hopefully, we'll have Mike back next week. Mike's got his own channel in the Discord. So, in the meantime, he can't be here in person. You can talk to him in the Discord. Follow Britton on Twitter. Britton Allen, that's two T's, two L's. That's Allen, A L L A N. My preferred spelling, actually. And every time I see the word Britton, it makes me think of Spencer Britton. Former Michigan quarterback who was just a total afterthought backup quarterback, but his name was Spencer Britton and was spelled the same way. B-R-I-T-T-O-N. And I've been MJ Govier. Plus a puck is two two Zs. Give me two. That's it, Britton. We did it. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. I love talking baseball with you. Have a great 99 other podcasts that you're going to do today. <laughs> so I will sign off and let you go about your biz. Yeah, I'm going to play the outro here. It's the official fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe, but uh, I'll be gone by the time it's over, so you can just leave. Okay, my friend? Yes, sir. Everybody say bye. Here's Russell Crowe. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you, and I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action, but we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve, and discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.